Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Michelle, Randy, and you on 101 ESPN. It's always great to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line when our friend Mike Claiborne is standing by. Mike and I have been in this business for a long time. And, Mike, I just said before the break that uh, my computer crashed. You remember the days when we used to do shows and we didn't have computers? Oh, you know what? (laughs) I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. We used to edit with reel-to-reel yep. machines, and we'd have the razor blade and little scotch tape to splice things together. Uh, cart machines, which nobody remembers them. And uh, how about when you would, when the term rip and read would come into play, where it would come off the teletype, and you'd rip it, and it would be a story from AP or UPI, and, and that's how you got information. You know what I mean? The, the business has changed so much from when you and I first started to where we're at now that I like to put some kids in the time machine, let them go back to see how things used to be done. And I think maybe we have a lot of people think about career changes. <laughs> so back in the day, we used, well, we still have a lot of fun in radio, but uh, we, we had an intern who's now with AT&T down in Dallas. His name is Chris Murphy. And Mike was oh, doing yeah. a show and I was producing it. And Murph, who has a pretty good sense of humor, wrote an AP style story that <laughs> the Cardinals <laughs> that the and Cardinals traded Ozzie Smith for Dave Winfield. Exactly. I remember, and I almost read it. We I almost read it on the air. It was a Sunday afternoon, so after a ball game. And he comes in with this and I'm reading it. And I'm kind of like looking at and you guys had this deadpan look on your faces like, yeah. It's just, and I'm about to start say, folks, I have some information here. And then all of a sudden you should have seen the look of panic on, on Murphy's face when I was about to read it. Uh, I'll never forget that. So well, he, You know what? Wasn't Mike Caruso there too? He was. That's right. Yeah. I think Caruso was there too. Yeah. And you know when He always had that deadpan look about him just because they were both very good practical jokers. Yeah. And Mike's saying, do I, do I read this? Do I read this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask, did they take it from your hands so that you didn't say it all they across the library? Did. And Randy had, you know how Randy's got this little smirk? Yes. It's called a blank eating grin. Yes. And once I saw him, I realized that, okay, they may have me by both. They're pulling not one leg with both legs at that point. <laughs> uh, um, I'll never forget it. I'll something. never forget it. Well, Claves, uh, Ozzie Smith, Hall of Famer. The only baseball thing we can talk about on a positive note right now is potentially having Scott Rowland get into the Hall of Fame. Do you think that this is going to be his year? Well, I hope so. You know, when you look at the list, it's a good list, uh, excluding the people who are in question with regard to their PED use and some other issues. Um, you know, I got to think he's got to be near the top. I mean, there's there's not a lot to argue about against him. Uh, it, it's a very interesting list of guys that I really feel like this time around, you really had to see them play in order to appreciate how good they were. You know, uh, a lot of voters, you know, will look at these guys and look at the numbers, and their numbers are good. But I think if you watched how they play, and, and I think it's about Scott Rose, and I think about Andrew Jones, uh, Omar Vizquel is another guy that's out there. I mean, there's some guys that really you had to have eyes on to really appreciate their Hall of Fame candidacy. And, Klaibs, 
it, it seems to me, and, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to throw a blanket over every Hall of Fame voter, but it seems like they feel many times like they have to be the personal protector of the Hall of Fame. Jack Buck always said, yeah. I, I don't know why somebody would want to uh, deprive somebody the pleasure of being in a Hall of Fame. Uh, Scott Rowland is good enough to be in a Hall of Fame. Why would anybody want to deprive him that pleasure? You know what? That's a great point you make, Randy. And I think we have people who have taken this above and beyond serious where they feel like they're the gatekeepers and they have to maintain a certain standard when, you know, they have their own issues. Um, and, and I really would like to see them kind of change up the voting and how it's done. Uh, you know, you have some people who have elected not to vote for anyone. Yeah. That person should be, he shouldn't be part of it or she shouldn't be part of it. You know, if you don't, you know, you have to take it, take this, this opportunity with, with pride and respect. And if you don't feel like there are enough people that are worthy, then you're in the wrong club because we're voting on people who we think are or are not worthy. And I think that there are too many times people get too sanctimonious about this. And, and along with this, I, I also feel like just because you have a vote doesn't mean that you really know what you, you know, because you go to numbers if you didn't see a person play. I think that if you are a voter, then if you actually covered those individuals, you actually covered them, then I think your vote should weigh more than somebody who just got a card because they're a member of the, the association. You know, I, I think that we've got a lot of people who didn't see a lot of these players play, but they go to the stats. And granted, sometimes the numbers don't lie uh, in, in certain cases. But I also think you have to realize the impact that players had in games and how they could turn a game around with a play at third or diving, mm -hmm. catching center field or things of that nature that, that the stats won't show you. So I, I really feel like the people who actually cover people, and you can document when your tour of duty was taking place, you, your, your vote weighs more than somebody who just got a card and just got a vote two years ago who has no idea of who these players were other than what they do or what they read on Baseball Reference or some other website. Yeah, Klaibs, I'm with you. The numbers don't lie oftentimes, but they oftentimes don't tell the entire story. And I always wonder if you were just looking at numbers and if you didn't see someone play, if you were to ask uh, the peers of a certain player or mm -hmm. op opposing managers, what was this person like? Were they a Hall of Famer? I mean, that's the people that I would certainly take into account what they had to say. That would weigh heavily for me. And I don't, I don't wonder if you should put together some sort of panel where it includes other people who had different vantage points of a certain player's career, and that's how you determine if they're a Hall of Famer. Michelle, you are spot on. Ozzie Smith and I used to have this conversation about Lee Smith because I would always say, you know, Lee Smith should have been in a long time ago. And I remember Ozzie saying, you know, they ought to ask people who had to stand in the Bears box in the ninth inning when <laughs> Dusk was about to set in at Wrigley Field and Lee Smith was on the mound and you could barely see it coming out of his hand. They ought to talk to those people. They'll give you an idea on whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. And I agree with you. I think we should rely on players and people who actually saw and had to deal with that athlete. Uh, they, they got a better idea than any of us who didn't play or who didn't cover that, that particular player. Mike Claiborne with us on 101 ESPN. Georgia wins their first national championship since 1980 when Herschel Walker was a freshman. Mike, do you think that the Bulldogs should have won a national championship in the interim? Is that the sort of program that every 41 years, every 42 years isn't enough? You know, yeah. You know what? They, they were good enough. They've always been good. 
they've been very good in certain years. But for one reason or another, either there was a team that was a hair batter or they ran into some a misfortune of some some sort. Um, that, they've been a very consistent program. They, they've had very few what I would call down years. They've gone through a few coaches. You know, uh, you know the guy before them, Mark, uh, Mark Rick, was a pretty good coach. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you you go back to Vince Dooley and what he was able to do for the program. And you know, you look at what Kirby Smart has done. You know, he's done a fantastic job of recruiting. He was a very good coach before he got to Georgia, and he's been able to maintain. And, you know, you think about playing in the state of Georgia, which turns out so many great athletes in various sports, you know, it's an unbelievable pressure that's on him. And for them to win, and I was I was picking Alabama. I was rooting for Alabama. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a Bama fan. But I certainly tip my cap to what they were able to do because they took advantage of a couple of things. Uh, you know, when Williams went out of the game, that was a game changer right off the hop. They made a, a young man in Bryce Young do some things that he wasn't comfortable doing or wasn't used to doing, and they, they, they altered the game. And their defense stood up and did some things that they didn't do in the previous game, which is why they're national champions today. Clips, I wanted to ask you about the Blues, uh, two impressive wins for the Blues. They're such a resilient team, and you really have to like this team as you think about their chances to contend for a Stanley Cup. But as we get closer to the deadline, do you think the Blues need to make a move or add another piece, maybe pick up another defenseman? What do you think? Well, you know what? It's another great question on your part. And here's the thing. There are three things in St. Louis that we all pay attention to. The baseball trade deadline on what we're going to do, the NHL first day of uh, the signing uh, free agency, what the Blues are going to do, and Blues trade deadline, it's always an either stay-at-home defenseman or somebody who can play point on the power play as a defenseman. (laughs) So here we are. And so the question is, and I'm glad you brought it up because Chris Kerber and I were having this conversation yesterday, that the Blues have enough prospects in the organization that have shown the ability to play in the National Hockey League. And that's what COVID has done. It's kind of showcased everybody's organization, that they have enough prospects to make a move to get that defenseman that we all covered. So I I think that, yes, that that there should be some sort of movement. Because remember, every prospect isn't going to play for you. So what do you do with them? Do you use them as as a career minor leaguer? Do you use them in in a role that maybe he's not going to succeed in? Or do you use him to make your team better? I think they have enough prospects to go out and make your team better. And because the Blues have a window that they're in now, and they've got to be able to maintain and be competitive at this point. Now, if they were going on the downside, then you just try and load up with prospects and try and build from there. But they're not in that position. They have to go for it now. So if they have to mortgage some guy that's two years away, so be it. We wish him the best two years from now. If he does a great job for some other organization, then hooray for him. But right now, you got to go for it. Right now, if you go to Claves Online on YouTube, there's a Lunch with Claves with Mike and Joe Roderick up. A lot of other great video for you to check out. And, Mike, it's, it's always fun to have you guys talking sports and having a good time. Well, you know, you know me, Randy, for a long time. I've, I've made a living at showing up looking to have a good time. <laughs> so uh, I will continue to do that. We're going to have Kevin Weeks tomorrow. He's seen a whole lot. Of, I talked to him for a while yesterday. He is all in on the Blues because he's had some games recently where he's watched them. And, you know, his relationship with Jordan Cairo's family is one that goes back to childhood. He and uh, Jordan's dad grew up together. <laughs> 
So he's all in on the blues right now. And so we'll have him coming up this week along with Hunter with Howard Richards, put a wrap on the uh, college football season, and, and here come the playoffs. Will this be a fun weekend of pro football? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm intrigued by Buffalo and uh, and New England. Tell me this. Tell me if you agree. Mac Jones, no disrespect to Mac Jones, had a really good rookie year. He's Chad Pennington. Wow, that's a good call. I mean, you know what? He He's a guy that is designed not to lose games. You know, and he mm-hmm. can be, you know, this guy can have a 10-year career just doing that. Now, as, as far as him winning games and pulling one out of his hat, we haven't seen that yet. But he's a game manager. And I, and I think that he's with the right organization because if you look around, you know, the, the Patriots have never had dynamic players other than Brady. And Brady was a guy that they found on a, on a scrap heap in the, in, the, in the draft. But nobody knew what his potential was going to be. Matt Jones is that kind of guy who just finds a way to not lose games. So he'll be interesting to watch because by now every coordinator's seen enough of him to know what he's good at and what he struggles with. So I'll be anxious to see what Buffalo comes up with on Sunday when they take on the Patriots. Claves, always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it. You guys have a great week.